This is the Horse Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to Adulting with Horses, the best place to be if you can't be at the barn. We are your co-hosts and equine authors, Heather Wallace and Natalie Keller-Reinert. As crazy horse girls, we don't take ourselves too seriously in the saddle or out. We celebrate the things that make us different. Join us as we talk about horses and pop culture and get a little weird in a fun way. Thank you for being a little weird with us. I, I, it's a long way to drive into Ocala to buy hay, but I just love doing it. I drive past hits. It's super busy right now. There's people hauling horses all over the place. Everyone at the hay store is totally cool. It's just like a pleasure. So it's like one of my little pleasures. Are you so excited for me to come visit? Or is this one of those things where you're like, ah, it'll be fun? <laughs> Obviously, I'm very excited. I don't even know what's going to happen, what to expect. It's going to be really something. It sounds like how I live my life every day. It's just, you know, just we're going to go with it. Um, I, I reached out to our friend Glenn. And was basically like, drop everything, I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) And he saluted. Well, he goes, right now I have nothing on the calendar. (laughs) So I know if he ditches me, it's because he found something better to do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like when he didn't come to my book signing at Barnes & Noble. And then he posted pictures that he's some driving thing. Come on, man. My God. I need support. You know, I think we should be offended. Like, maybe we should be offended, like, in advance. Oh, yeah. Right? Just in case. I'm already annoyed. I'm already annoyed at him. Yeah. Because I just know he's going to ditch us. God, I'm so pissed. This guy, it's the same every time. He's just too cool. He's a celebrity. So. Oh, yeah, Mr. I host every podcast convention on the planet. That guy. <laughs> Mr. Grandfather of the business. Yeah, I said grand. Ooh, yeah, I said it. Throwing down the gauntlet. That's You're like smacking him in the face with a horse glove. I'm bad at apologies. So if this all goes the wrong way, <laughs> I'm, maybe I'll I apologize in advance. So. I won't be big enough to apologize I think later. we're yeah. so I'm mad and I'm apologizing. We're just I'm going to try not to get my hopes up. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I do have his address, so we could always play a prank. <gasps> oh. <laughs> we could go. We could put some of those creepy gods that were in his backyard when he bought the place. We could put some back. Ooh. Like the return of the gods. Like he had like cupids or something all over his yeah. house. We could like return those. Yeah. We could go to a, a lawn place and buy a bunch of saints. Well, you know what he's really afraid of? And now for the, for anybody who's listening, we're talking about Glenn Hebert, who is the co-host of Horses in the Morning and, you know, the super villain behind the Horse Radio Network. Uh, <laughs> did I say villain? I meant the hero behind the Horse Radio Network. And he's a super cool dude. Um, he's terrified of snakes. So we'll keep that in oh. our back pocket because I love snakes. I so, can acquire snakes. I've got snakes. Yeah. I feel like um, <laughs> Glenn knows I'm coming to Ocala. Um, he has been asked to hang out. I even offered to take them to dinner. 
him and Jennifer. And so if something suddenly comes up, I feel like we need to have something <laughs> in our back pocket to uh, make him regret that decision. <laughs> mm. This isn't really helping besides us just... at all get him to hang out, is this, it? Well, it, I mean, besides just missing out on our sparkling, entertaining company, like, we're super fun. So fun. You're fun. And I'm super. And together, we're super fun. <laughs> Hashtag super fun. <laughs> It's two words. <laughs> I Because uh, I'm not fun in person, but I will stand behind you and make snippy comments. That's hilarious. And, I think um, that's incredibly super fun. <laughs> Do we need t-shirts? Oh, Yours God. says super and mine says fun and together we make super fun. Oh. Because <laughs> you know I'll get them for us. How would we? Yeah. <laughs> If only just to wear to a book event with Jean from Taperton Equine Books so that she can be like, oh, dear God, what are you doing now? You know what I'm always amazed by? The fact that Glenn and Jean and all these other people, like, actually want to be around us. Like, sometimes I'm really like, wow. Okay. Like, they're really super sweet because I don't know if I could handle me. Hmm. Yeah, and I definitely, like, I will attach myself to somebody because I'm so, like, introverted that I don't really want to speak to anyone. So if I do develop a relationship, even if it's a very general working relationship, I will, like, glom onto them and be like, I know you. (laughs) (laughs) I can talk to you. And I'll be, like, attached to your shoulder. And I'll decide that we're best friends and I should tell you all kinds of secrets and judgmental things and I'm sorry is that just like oh isn't that how we became friends no <laughs> that's how that's all I've got that's my move that is your move that's your signature move that's that is my move I, yeah well, I'm I attach myself to, to somebody who will open up like doors for me <laughs> in a metaphorical sense you don't have to physically open but I'll be like well that person seems okay with talking to others Maybe they can do the talking for me and I'll just whisper in their ear. And that's pretty much what we do. I feel used and complimented at the same time. (laughs) Well, because it wasn't, uh, I I didn't like choose to do it. I just realized I was at a clinic the other night. Uh, I was at an awesome clinic with Shauna Karish, who's like, you know, the, um, oh my God, you introduced me to her. Another instance of Heather takes Natalie around and brings her to interesting people and she like whispers a few things. I was a little jealous um, when you went without me, but mostly because I love to watch her work. Yeah, and it was three hours. Like she was incredibly generous with her time. It was unbelievable. Such a great clinic. It was positive reinforcement for those who aren't sure who she is. Um, so like R plus training, using a clicker, uh, using um classic conditioning techniques and a lot of things haha clicked for me that I had totally had not gotten before I mean it's it it was inevitable uh so I learned so much but while I when I was there I texted somebody that I knew was there and it was Alyssa hi Alyssa in the group and um Alyssa is another one of these amazing people that she will she'll say anything to anybody she like just can talk to people it is a gift while she was forcibly throwing me in front of Shauna's um, partner, Jesse, 
so that I would speak to her. Uh, a person whom I have spoken to in the past, mind you, but sometimes that's almost worse for me because then I'm like, I don't know if you remember yeah. me and you totally shouldn't. And, and Jesse's kind of quiet sense. also. But, yeah, yeah, I definitely got that vibe. So when we started, when we did start talking, it was like, it just kind of trailed off. And I said, thanks so much. You know, like I get it. Uh, but I thought, oh my God, all of my friends are like these amazing extroverts who... <laughs> do hard work for me. <laughs> Am I doing this? This is a trait. This is a trait. I had a personal therapy breakthrough <laughs> where I realized. Well, I, that- I think we're drawn. <laughs> I think a, a lot of times we're drawn to, whoops, I'm making weird noises because uh, I'm talking with my hands. <laughs> I'm like throwing a fit back here. Um, <laughs> I think we're drawn to people who balance us, right? I mean, yeah. if we're talking like, yeah. like obviously – if we had two people like me in a friend group, we would need a buffer or we would literally be the most annoying people in the world. So you almost need someone who does balance you out. My husband balances me out. You balance mm-hmm. me out. I think that's why you and I do so well together. Um, but I think I think it would be very competitive if you were with somebody else like yourself. And it would be very... Um, lackluster <laughs> boring <laughs> if it were just me yeah we just kind of because I'm like why don't I hang out with super quiet people I'm like because I would never speak to them oh. it would never our relationship has no chance to even exist <laughs> my husband and I are super quiet but we met when we were much younger and made more noise I guess <laughs> well, well also too you've been in a relationship with him for decades so you guys have a way of, yeah. of interacting that is comfortable and it's not necessarily quiet, right? Sometimes it's just comfortable. So, um, yeah, you, know, you have another language almost. We it's it's definitely like, hey, did you? Yes, I did. Yes. Okay, good. That's that's a conversation. I don't know how that works. Well, it's funny because my <laughs> husband is he works in in the financial world. Uh, and he has to meet a lot of different people and he brokers a lot of deals and there's always this stuff going on. But he is the worst when it comes to remembering people's names. And he could tell you literal stories of people that he's known, you know, growing up that I can't remember the names of people I went to high school with half the time. But people he does business with currently were at a wedding and they're out of context. So he goes, I cannot remember this guy's wife's name, blah, 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 whatever. So we have the shorthand, right, where if he – says, oh, have you met my wife? I step up and introduce myself and say, hi, my name's Heather. What's your name? And I kind of know, so he doesn't get awkward, that I'm just supposed to volunteer and ask them to, like, extricate that information. So, yeah, you know, and he does it for me, too, because there's been times where people have come up to me and they're like, oh, my God, I met you so-and-so. And I just might blank because – you know me. I'm so focused on the moment. Half the time I'm running from one place to the other. I, I'm just like, wait, what? What's happening? We're talking? Do we know each other? What? So he helps oh, yeah. me with that too. Well, I walked in to this clinic from the parking area with a woman that I pulled up next to. Like we parked next to each other and she got out of her truck and I got out of my car and she said, uh, do you think we need chairs? And I said, I don't know. I didn't bring one. I don't bring chairs. And she's like, well, I have two if you want one. I'm like, no, I'm going to stand because like I've been sitting at my desk all day. And we just started talking naturally like that. And we walked in together 
And then my friend Alyssa comes up and she says, oh, yeah, you guys met at the horse show last year that we went to. And I was like, what? <laughs> and neither of us had any memory of this occurring. She's like, yeah, you were both there. We had this horse there and that one. We did the driving and you were you you talked. OK, I guess. No idea. <laughs> So we met again, and uh, I vowed never to forget her. Uh, so hopefully that works out. Um. Yeah, I'm better with faces <laughs> than I am names and contacts, right? Because I can remember. A face. I don't know if I'm good with faces at all. There was, there were people there that I thought I know that person, but I couldn't even convince myself that I actually knew them, or they just had a familiar look to them. I don't really trust my intuition at all. So I don't know. I think know. this is a Oops. good note for anybody listening that like if you ever meet us in person, please just be like, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. I listened to you on the on the podcast or I met you at this book signing. Or And it's not that yeah. we're being rude. It's just that we are literally like in our own little worlds half the time writing or yeah. working and, mm -hmm. and we just forget the context of how we met. Yeah, it's totally – it's totally – nothing personal. I just don't remember anyone ever. And if some people will read a book, like somebody will read first draft of my book and, and they'll say like, oh, well, I'm having a hard time picturing such and such. Well, like, what is she like? And I'm like, she can be whatever you want her to be like, because I have no, I have a type in my head, but people's faces, stuff like that. A lot of times hair will come into my head when I'm writing something, but like they're, they're I have no sort of the person had blue eyes. And I'll try to add that sort of context and texture because it's expected, but I don't care. You're leaving it up <laughs> like to the imagination. Had high cheekbones. <laughs> yeah, like just imagine. Okay, it's a person. So if you can think of what a person is, then put her in riding breeches and that's the character. And let's leave it, it at that. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> that's how much I think about what people look like. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any problem with that. Why is it my job to describe someone's physical features? Have at it. Make it yourself. Like, You're the person. Well, that's it. I was actually talking to somebody. My daughter brought somebody up to our cabin over the weekend, and she's not a reader. Like, my daughter's a, a good reader. This girl does not like books. And she was asking why I like books. And I said, listen, movies are awesome, but they don't take any thought, right? I just kind of – they turn them on. I kind of watch. That's great. But a book is a movie that I direct, cast – and and you know create myself because the the the, mm -hmm. the the plot's there, but I get to make it all up in my head of what I envision it to be, my own little world that's within that book that the author mm -hmm. kind of provides the skeleton for. And I said, so yeah. my reading of the book is going to be different than your reading of the book, and our movies are going to look different, like right, quote unquote. Um, and that's how I think of it. So I guess a faceless character is not necessarily a bad thing. I well, I'm doing okay, right? Yeah. I've got 25 odd books and a lot of readers. So so far, so good. And I like I said, I put in a little bit of texture. I think most of my early characters are just, you know, dirty blonde horse girls because You're a dirty blonde I'm horse a dirty girl. blonde horse girl. <laughs> I'm a dirty blonde horse I know. girl. And and then some of them later have like darker hair because I don't know. I thought I wrote a lot of blondes, so maybe I should have some dark hair. That's pretty much as far as it goes. <laughs> I love it. I Well, it's funny. So I'm writing The Backdoor Horse now, 
and which yes. is my first fiction. And backdoor horse update. Ooh. Backdoor Ooh. horse update. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's you. okay. I, I got excited too. I'm like jamming <laughs> in the background and um, pumping myself up. And my mm. main character is kind of because again, it's my first fiction that I'm going to be publishing. My character is kind of physically the epitome of what I could be if I tried. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> she's cute and curvy, but, like, in a fit way. <laughs> and, you know, she's got great auburn mm-hmm. hair, which I always wanted auburn hair, you know. And, and, and so it's kind of like mm-hmm. she's she's loosely based on a, on, on a, a portion, I guess, of my personality, right? Because I think a lot of her characters tend to have some traits that are similar to us. But, yeah, I think uh, – some of the other characters, though, they just completely came out of my imagination, and I'm loving it. It's it's fun. Making stuff up is the best. Um, <laughs> all of the all the stuff you got in trouble for, like, did you ever tell your parents really elaborate stories that were in no way the truth? Well, that <laughs> I've been known for hyperbole. And, uh... <laughs> I've been known for that. Yeah, there's that. I've also been known um, to go on way too long when I tell a story. So. My kids do the same thing, and my mm. husband, you can see that light go out of his eyes, and he goes, oh, you got that from your mom. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Facts only, mister. Sorry. That's really funny. My dad and his dad would both uh, tell stories very slowly and add so much context, and I will just sit there. And just listen, <laughs> like, oh, wait, you want to go, t- let's go down this tangent. Yes, I want to know all of that. Yes. And my mom and other members of my family are like, this is taking so long. And I'm like, oh, we're talking about airplanes now. I know the story started out about a donkey, but now let's examine the history of these airplanes. <laughs> we'll get back to the donkey. I love tangents. <laughs> uh, my sister-in-law is like known for that. And she's got ADHD, but it's very severe. And so she'll be talking to me and we'll talk and we'll end up at three subjects later. And she'll be like, I'm so sorry. I was like, wait, no, I'm totally with you. Because I do the same thing when my husband tells a story. I, in my head, have already finished the story and I'm on to the next subject, <laughs> right? So my brain works fast. So um, I like listening to if a story but I definitely try to come to the ending pretty quickly. So I like stories that take a lot of turns. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about when I write in fiction now, a lot of times, if I'm not really sure what's going to happen, I'll go, what's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> and I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> and it has, you know, twofold. It makes me go, oh, I need to go outside and think about this for a while. So I get up and then the reader is up all night <laughs> because they can't believe I just did thanks that. for stressing us out so I just call that my yeah it's, it's called a throwing throwing a grenade that's a it's my uh my new writing technique <laughs> I started it last year I don't know what to do I'm throwing a grenade and I'm leaving <laughs> yeah see what happens you know someone's got to pick up the mess right well mm-hmm. me the next day I think um to turn it around and talk about horses, I've had a couple grenades thrown at me this week that are a continuation of our previous conversations. And I wanted to see how you and Ben were doing also um, and get a little horse checkup mm. because remember that story I told you about how Delight was like acting a fool and my trainer was going to ride him? Yes. Yes, I do. He was, as I recall, a full-blown maniac and uh, you had to dismount because he was being a full-blown maniac and it was like what's up with my perfect horse 
being a full-bomaniac, yeah. right? Is that a good catch That's up? a good, um, yeah. I okay. mean. So you were going to torture your trainer because trainers take our money and say, I'm a professional rider. So you say, uh-huh, uh-huh, ride that yeah. for me. Here you right. go. Um, cool. Well, and she's the one Perfect. who like trained him <laughs> off the track, so she knows all of his buttons. So I knew that Ooh. she would be able to fine-tune and p- pinpoint exactly what was going on. Um, I think we need a minute to laugh at me in a moment, okay? So I'm going to set the stage, <laughs> and then you're all going to laugh at me and tell me I'm an idiot, okay? Because as you know, one of the things I do, you know, I do body work, um, so I'm very tied in physically to the horse, but also I do saddle fit evaluations, right? So remember I brought this new saddle in, and that was our first ride in the new saddle, the, the saddle that you like spent your entire life saving Correct. I'm now broke and will be for a okay, while. Perfect. Um, yes. So I like had a panic thinking it was the saddle, right? Um, and then when I noticed the pad was sliding back during the lunging process, I said, okay, it's probably that. And it was partially that. Um, so when my trainer went to go ride him the next day, uh, she went to go tack him up and she pulls me to the side and she goes, Heather, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And she looks at my saddle sitting on the saddle stand. And she goes, well, one of these things is not like the other. And I'm looking at it and I cannot figure out what is wrong. Okay. Because apparently my brain is mush right now. The left stirrup and leather is perfect. The right stirrup leather is underneath the panel. It's under the panel. So it's not sitting where it's supposed to. It's attached and sitting underneath a panel and it's now moving against his body, right? Oh, my God. So not only did I tack him up, not notice, but I also rode him like that and with my leg in the stirrup, not noticing. Then I lunged him, didn't notice. <laughs> and all the while my horse is yelling at me because something's wrong. And I'm just like, la, la, oh la, God. la, la, like a fucking oh idiot. Oh, my goodness. Do you know how dangerous oh that could have been? I don't, but um, because I have no, I actually have no idea what you're talking about. But it sounds really bad, and also like, yeah, you probably should have noticed. That. I'm gonna take a picture because I literally started cry laughing at how stupid I was. Like my trainer was like, "Yeah, I told you about it yesterday <laughs> when you were on the horse," and I was like, "You did? Like n- what? Apparently." I was so in the zone that, like, nothing else mattered. (laughs) You were in the zone of riding your Bronco and your chair is like, the problem is you. (laughs) What headspace do you have to be in to not notice a serious tack malfunction, ride like that, and then say, I wonder if something's wrong with my horse. Like, somebody fucking slapped me. You know what though? You've had a very stressful winter. I'm going to I'm going to be the voice of um forgiveness. I'm I'm your conscience and your conscience saying, Heather, you had the dog thing. You've got you were traveling like crazy. You have holiday madness. And all you wanted to do was ride in your new saddle and veg out, and you were not provided the right position in your brain your brain was not on track (laughs) you know I mean the fact that he didn't watch me 
is my fault. Now, to be fair, there was some things that, you know, he was getting stuck going forward and things like that. But, like, my fault. I mean, 100% my fault. I mean, I could have used more leg, obviously. (laughs) Well, and for him, too. So my trainer did give me good notes about the leg. And, like, you can't do the kick. You have to do, like, the almost like you have a spur on and, like, lift your heel a little bit. And then you have to open your rein Mm -hmm. to give him a place to go because he gets stuck in the shoulder, Mm -hmm. right? So there was actually an article in Horse Nation that just came out about that, like how you have to give your, your thoroughbred a window or a door. Yes. Yeah. It's coming back to me. I think I've written about that. It's, I swear to God, the things that are not in my brain. That's why I ride like that because I read thoroughbreds for so long. Um, Because I read something last week about, I think it might have been literally like the lead in to an Instagram video that I did not watch. And it said something about lifting your rein in the turn. And I went, Huh. And then I went out and I got on Ben and I lifted my rein instead of opening my rein. And he liked it. And I said, huh, how about that? Why do I ride with my rein so open? You know, omitting my decades of experience with thoroughbreds on and off the track and just going with my immediate circumstances, (laughs) messing around with a quarter horse. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the window, that's important. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. And I usually don't ride them with a lot of rain anyway, you know, but I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I forgot about that because I haven't been riding him regularly, obviously, for various reasons. But like the last time I rode him regularly, he was like six years old <laughs> or seven years old. Like, <laughs> this is years ago. So I forgot how to ride yeah. him specifically. Because I was so used to riding the pony, who has to be ridden in a completely different way. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, I thought you'd appreciate, like, the moment of um, self-realization that I'm the problem. I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> did you share the video that said that horse girls were all Taylor Swift fans? Because I did. This is yes. all seeming to come full circle. Yeah. I was alluding to that in our clubhouse. <laughs> yes, I'm the problem. Um yeah. I, you know, I like I like to think of Ted Danson in The Good Place saying, the problem is me. That's how I approach everything that I do. <laughs> I am Ted Danson. I am the problem. <laughs> I love Kristen Bell in The Good Place, by the way. She is like one of my favorites. She's just so cute and funny. Um, She's amazing. I just, everything. yeah, there's nothing like, I feel like she and I would be really good friends in real life. Like, I remember what she said in Parks and Rec. Never kick a dressage horse for a failed pas de deux. I mean, words to live by, Natalie. Right? (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't think I've seen that episode, but I know Parks and Rec is like your nighttime jam. That's like my Yeah, mine's The Office. Like Parks and Rec. Yeah. I, so I, I have been watching The Office again recently. I love The Office, yeah. but Parks and Rec is my like life. I need to rewatch yeah. that because I don't really <laughs> feel like I made it through all the seasons. I love the show, but I'm like a Shit's Creek office kind of girl. So I need to get back. I do. Amy Poehler is is a queen. Yes. Um, so, well, how's your writing been recently? Because, you know, we know I'm a mess. Um, it's been infrequent, but fun and productive. So... Uh, infrequent because like there's just been it always seems like there's something going on or the weather is not cooperating those are my two things 
I did ride on a really windy day two weeks ago and I've super regretted it. It was not productive. I rode for like five minutes just to prove like even grooming him. He was like, blah, 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 blah. I said, all right, now I got to get on you. Got on. It took me forever just to get on him. I walked him for five minutes. I said, we're done. We're done here. So I was in the process of getting some stuff together. You know, I got him a new bit. I got his teeth done, that whole thing. And then my farrier kind of I, she kind of ghosted me but I think she'll be back um but she, I you know it's just when you fall off somebody's schedule and she had like an accident and so she had to change her schedule and so I'm pretty sure in like five weeks I'll hear from her but his feet were getting too wide for his hoof boots so I was like oh man I can either try to find a new farrier which sounds horrendous or I can see if I'm strong enough to trim because I know how to trim but it takes a lot of upper body strength. And when I tried to do it last summer, I didn't have it. But I've been doing so much outdoor work over the winter that I said, maybe I can do this. Turns out I can. I trimmed his little front feet up beautifully and they fit in his boots again. And then we had a couple really productive rides. So, and we've even, we started cantering Ooh, again. Good for you. Which is, he take and he takes a lot of balancing to canter, so I tend to leave it out unless I feel like we're in a really good place, like right now, because he just hasn't been in shape for like ever. Yeah, so we added canter work. We've been doing a little bit of poles with like natural obstacles. Obviously, I have a lot of natural obstacles because I live in the woods, and I'm. Oh, and I took his nose band off. Oh, which I bet he loved that. Was. He has been great. You know, like last year I took off the flash and then this year I was like, at some point I'm going to, I was, I was leaving the nose band on the loosest hole and I was only using it really as a crutch, like, cause he's still kind of, he's not, you know, a hundred percent back to the horse he used to be. So he's still gapes his mouth sometimes or crosses his jaw and fights with me. And I was like, what really is the worst thing that's going to happen? So he he took the new bit really happily, didn't argue with me about the new bit. So I knew that that was a plus, plus, plus. And as soon as I touched the nose band, he threw his head. And I said, I couldn't be more obvious. It's the nose band. He'd once heard of it. So I just undid the buckle and pulled it right out of the crown piece threw it in my grooming bag and he went great he went great he doesn't need it did he open his mouth some yes did he cross his jaw some yes but who cares man like <laughs> he's comfortable he was just doing it because he was like well I want to keep going fast I'm like well no because um you're very out of shape and you will twist your little leg and hurt yourself but you know how it is so that, I mean, my Ben update is I don't ride much, but when I do, I feel like that they're really productive rides because we got the mouth straight. We got the feet straight. He's happy in the saddle. We're going in. Everything is working out beautifully. Oh my gosh. End of That's update. so awesome. And you're listening to your horse. <laughs> like you guys are talking to each other and you're, you're building that relationship. Yeah. I mean, Ben and I have, that's what it's always been focused on just like, Let's go as slow as molasses and just build on what we know together. And so it's always been a really, really good partnership. And uh, I just felt like there were some, you know, 
small there was some physical things that just weren't getting addressed and now i feel like everything is really on track oh that's awesome knock on wood knock on wood we don't want to mess that up yeah yeah (laughs) for real this is probably wood it's from ikea wood laminate it's fine yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) no but that's good i think but of course i'm gonna be yeah what are you saying I mean, with it's winter, so it's the right time to ride. But then you get these cold snaps where they go bananas, and then I have a lot of traveling coming up. I know, so ha you, ha ha. <laughs> you brat. Um, I have so much traveling. You have some too. So. I do, but I've 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 done the opposite of what you're doing, which is I'm I'm. Last year was ridiculous. I spent a lot of money and I did a lot of travel and I did a lot of events. Mm. And this year I'm taking the opposite tact where I'm really kind of limiting what I'm doing and trying to spread it out as much as possible so I don't get so overwhelmed because, you know, the writing takes a toll and the appointments for the body work takes a toll. And um, I don't want to get back to having a long wait list for clients yeah so um because in december i had to shut down my new client list and like not accept new new clients uh so that's back open and everybody's back in a rotation but yeah so i'm doing the opposite but i'm excited to come see you uh, i'm excited to get into trouble you know um <laughs> and uh maybe play some pranks on glenn um but yeah, I what I'm really excited about is actually spending some weekends at home to to spend with my horses. So I want to kind of do what you're doing, and uh, and just you know me, I'm the slowest steady girl too when it comes to the horses. Everything else in life, I'm just like yeah. you know, rip the bandit off, let's do it. <laughs> but with the horses, I really I'm not in a rush. I got nothing to to prove mm-hmm. or work towards. So you know that was when we were talking with when we were at the Shauna Karish clinic and she was talking with uh, or about her partnership with with Jesse um I'm sorry Jesse I forgot your last name um Jesse had they were talking about showing horses and using these training techniques with conditioning in in order to to get them into the show ring and it's just taking a little longer and just allowing yourself that time to get everything right, like to stop rushing, rushing. And she gave an example of a horse who had been rushed into the show ring because she was such a nice horse. And in being so excited about how nice this horse was and how many ribbons this horse could win, the horse's personality was wrecked. Is this the mare? And it took yeah. Okay. Yes. The mm-hmm. little bear, she called her. Um, and, and you know, that's it's just such a wake up call that the horse doesn't care and the horse isn't going to stand up to uh, to what it takes to get to the ring fast and win fast. That's not what they're designed for. They're designed to walk around very slowly. Yeah. I mean, that's how I got to grass. It was that exact reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, that was exactly why. Because rushed until they, their brain they tried to. Yeah, yeah, they almost broke him. Um, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that they did it on purpose. There was nothing malicious about it. It was just this performance horse mindset where, well, this is what we do. We don't stall them. I mean, we stall them. We don't let them go out with other horses and they have to be ridden X amount of days, X amount of time over X amount of fences. And that just doesn't work for most horses. Um, yeah. So it's learning, um, 
I, you know, I learned to train like that because I rode in show barns and I worked for, you know, successful trainers and things like that. And I, and I learned how to produce a horse and, uh, I feel like I'm learning a new language and I find that's a little anxiety inducing because this is something that I know deep in my bones, how to produce a horse. Um, it's not something that I can always even express because I, I'm, I absorb things and, um, they become like layers of my personality. So I can do things without always explaining why I'm doing them. I just know. And this is not like that. You know, learning how to use positive reinforcement and and conditioning. Like, oh, shoot. (laughs) It's not that everything I know is wrong, but uh, a lot of it is. (laughs) I have to relearn how to approach these things. It can be an overwhelming feeling. Yeah, it's definitely like learning a new language. Well, yeah. it is. And, and, and it's funny because for me, the the realization was when I first started looking into this and learning about it was that, oh, my gosh, no, I've been conditioning my horses, my dogs, et cetera. It's just not the right way. Or I've been creating these behaviors mm-hmm. or I've been creating these situations um, because I either didn't catch it early and or I accidentally reinforced it when I didn't realize I was reinforcing it. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of. Again, am I the problem? Um, and the answer is exactly. yes. <laughs> yes, I think as equestrians, like when we realize that we are the problem and then make attempts to learn a new way. And and in, honestly, it's been really eye-opening for me. So I've seen Shauna a couple of times and um, her partner, Jesse, you know, breeds warm bloods and they're, they're generally hunters. They're gorgeous. Um, and smart beautiful. and beautiful horses. Um, it's nice to start to see the shift from performance-based to horse-based performance, right? Where like you're actually going to strengthen them right. long-term and you're going to make a better performance horse who can mentally and physically handle right. the load. It's just going to take a little bit extra time to get there. And I really hope that that's the future because I feel like the – they'll break less like physically and mentally yeah those were the one of there were two pieces that really came together for me that hadn't registered before and one was um the concept of the click or whatever reinforcement noise you use as a as the bridge signal where it makes the horse go this is the moment that i'm being rewarded for even if you reward them later correct like if you're if you're riding if you come down to a halt and then you reward them the reward is connected to the click and I said oh I get that that makes sense and um the second thing was the conditioning piece the the classic Pavlov's dog conditioning piece which is that the horse stops working for getting a treat and the horse is now working for the happy hormones that came from getting those treats. And now the horse is saying, when I do a great job with my mom, I feel so good. And I went, oh, (laughs) now I really get it. Like, that's what we're going for. We're going for a horse. Like, Ben is standing at the back gate right now waiting for me. (laughs) I don't know if it's because he really just adores me or if he thinks riding is fun or what. But now maybe I'll be able to figure it out. Because he's been waiting for me like all day and I've been in and out. And he's like, mom, 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 mom. <laughs> but that's sweet. I mean, like the goal so is, already... is for them yes. to want to be near you. The goal is for them to want yes. to be ridden. The goal is for them to want to, um, you know, have you as part of their hurt, right? I mean, 
And mm-hmm. the treats are only a way to get there. They're not the focus. A lot of people are like, oh, my horse will get fat or they'll become mouthy or whatever. And there's there's things in place that if you do it correctly, that doesn't happen. Um, and I've definitely seen instances of this. Both my horses are nightmares when they see that I have my fanny pack on. Um, but guess what? Right. They don't mug me for treats ever. But they know when we I have my fanny pack on mm. that we're going to play for the treats and we're going to play a game. And that's what they look forward to is mm-hmm. the game, um, which I haven't done in a while and I should uh, because I feel like my focus has definitely been on getting Delight under saddle and getting Ferris back in shape. So I think we need a good play date this weekend. Yeah. Now that those concepts finally have like solidified in my brain, I'm really going to start working on those game sessions, which you know, can be a few minutes. Oh, yeah. I bought a clicker. I bought a clicker because I was trying to uh, trying to just come up with a sound or something that worked, and I'm just not consistent enough. I'm very inconsistent with um, the noises that I make. It's something that I found. <laughs> I make a lot of noises. Um, and sometimes I'm singing. Like the other day I was riding, and I was like, I want to listen to Death Cab for Cutie while I ride. So I was singing because Ben likes it when I sing while I ride. So I'm just like singing indie rock. And I'm thinking... I have to have a clicker because <laughs> <laughs> something has to differentiate from the constant buzz of noise coming out of my mouth while I'm riding. <laughs> well, yeah, and horses are so sound oriented. And um, it yeah. was funny because when Robin was riding Delight and she she turned to me and she goes, you know, I'm not a fan of you making all the sounds and like egging them on with the clucks and the clicks and the kisses and all that. And I said, I know, because I'm terrible at that. I'm always like, good boy, little more, trot, click, kiss. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm very vocal, right? Obviously, I have an issue. But they're so used to that too. And they're both voice command. So she was like, it is easier and more clear if you cluck and then ask because then, you know, he feels – the the um he knows he's gonna go for like for us kisses change tempo right like kisses is, is right. to go up in tempo up and gate and for the cluck is just keep going like rate your speed kind of thing so my horses need a lot of reassurance and I think <laughs> I think it's good that they have me because I'm since I'm so vocal I could give that to them <laughs> yeah. Do you know the um? Do you know the the like distraction slash focus on me sound? Have you ever tried this? A dressage trainer taught this to me many years ago, and then I've heard other people do it and been like, "Oh my god, that's the sound!" Where it's this crazy sound you make with your lips, and it brings back horses that are like looking at something else. They're like, "What's over there? What's over there?" And you make the sound, and it brings their ears back to you. I'm gonna back up from my mic a little bit. But it's, did you, does that, did that register? You go like that while you're riding and the horse is like, what? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That their focus comes back to you. So like if, if there's like a deer, let's say like crossing near the arena in your forest that you ride in and you, and the horse zeroes in on the deer and they're totally not focused on you. Even if you're like trotting or cantering, you can make that noise and their ears will come right back to you. Yes, I'm sorry. Did I miss something? No, that's good. I, I, that is. I'll add that to my repertoire. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun, and eventually you will hear someone else do it. It'd be like Natalie did not make that up because I totally have heard people at shows. Doing I've it. done it for oh, for photography noise. when I'm doing photo sessions. 
Mm-hmm. I've done that to get their ears up. Um, I'm literally just thinking out loud here that I've, I'm going to be filming, you know, when I go to Iceland, I'll be having a GoPro. I can only imagine the sounds that will be coming out of my mouth the whole time. And I can't voice over it because I think people need to see the level of crazy than I am when I talk to my horses the entire time. That would be hilarious. We should, we should have a contest for like the most ridiculous in saddle commentary. Everybody just get on your horse, turn on your video, let it run and then upload 20 seconds of you just chattering to your horse or making weird noises. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I know I'm not the only one. And I know for you, you do that too, even though you're not a, be a big talker. So you say, um, well, I talk to myself when I'm alone. And so I talk a lot while I'm out with the horses. I even if I'm listening to something and somebody says something I agree with, I'll be like, that's a really good point. Like out loud. Like I talk to myself constantly when I'm alone. Yeah. So I do that. <laughs> my internal monologue comes out when I have a listening ears mm-hmm. and my horses do listen to exactly. me. Exactly. You know, I mean, whether they tune me out or not is another question. So I'm, I think it's nice for them. I think they're like, oh, the chatty human is here. Like we like it when animals make noises. You know, like you go to a dolphin thing and you're like, oh, my God, the dolphins are talking. You wouldn't like it as much if they weren't talking. I think the horses feel that way about us. They're like, oh, the people are talking. Do you think they think that we're so their cute. pets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Honestly, because yesterday um, the Amazon guy got stuck in my driveway. And so I was talking to him while he was waiting for somebody to come and get him out. And he was like, so are those your horses back there? And I said, yeah. And he's like, what are horses like? And I said, they're kind of like very aloof dogs where they kind of, they like you, but they're not super concerned about you. Like they're going to leave you alone if they have something better to do than talk to you unless you have food. And he's like, huh. (laughs) (laughs) They're kind of alien, you know, like they're like doing their own thing and oh, the people are here. Let's see what the people want. Do we care? We don't care. And they go back to whatever they were doing. <laughs> that sounds, I yes, that. that sounds realistic to me. Yeah. Like they're a high, I think maybe they're a higher form of consciousness where they only pay attention to what they need to. Yes. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, I often say that uh, they're better than us in a lot of ways. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I could see that. I mean, the other day I went in and, uh, just hung out in the paddock and and neither horse really cared about me for a hot minute. And then eventually when the hay got low, they were like, oh, we'll come over and inspect you. Let's see what, what do you have going on today? Mm -hmm. What do you want to tell us? And then I didn't have anything interesting to say. So they left. Um, yeah. They love watching us if we're clearing, like we'll, we'll rope off an area and, and clear like vines and stuff out of the ground and they love to come over and watch that they're just they're just hang what are we doing if we do it if we do it in a field that they're in they're on top of us what are we what are we shoveling out now can i is that edible should i eat that what if i just rest my chin on your shoulder can you still work if i rest my you know like they're just experimenting with us to see what we'll tolerate we're their entertainment <laughs> i love it yeah. well and that does happen sometimes i'll be true. riding and then the horses in the paddocks will all be watching it's like, oh, God, are they judging my equitation? Yeah. Like, 
they're, they're like they've got nothing else to do they're like ugh, bored like i don't have road frontage i don't have any cars going by so they're going what are we doing man look at the birds no there's a person people are weird let's watch them <laughs> the other day oh god so we have i don't know if i've told you this before but where our barn is i love it it's 12 acres or 14 acres and it's like tucked away in this little it's wooded on all sides and it's like stepping into a little fairy tale world. But we're abutting mm. a naval base that's like a weapons station. Yeah. yeah. So periodically that's they'll have bomb testing or <laughs> like they'll be, you know, going off and doing sniper things in the woods or a shooting range or whatever. So like a helicopter might come over every once in a while and fly pretty low. So we always have, you yeah. know – the unexpected. So the horses are pretty bomb-proof at this point. But the other day I was riding Ferris, and he was really uppity um, for him. Like, you know that moment when you get you get them, and you're like, ooh, this could be a real bad idea. And then you're like, I'm just going to get on. Yeah. And you're like, nope, red flag, red flag. Red flag. I'm just going to, okay, we're going to make this a short ride, like you said with Ben the other day. And while I yes. was riding him in the 15 minutes I was on, there was um, a helicopter there was two horses acting like dragons over a fence, like making that dinosaur sound, <laughs> you know, that they make. Yes. <laughs> um, and he kept looking to see what was going on in the barn. And then the guys came to do the manure removal. And I was like, you know what? We're just oh going to get God. off. Like, we're just going to stop. It's like Richard Scarry's busy barn. <laughs> yeah. And it's not normally <laughs> like that, especially when I ride during the day. But – for whatever reason, I already had like a hot horse and then I had all that. And I was like, mm, I feel like this is going to go bad like any second. So I'm going to just, you know, call it right now. <laughs> yeah. And I did. I'm yeah, alive. That was very much. We get, you know, we were close where Ben used to live in Apopka, which is near Orlando. He was actually really close to a um, a small civil, um, what's the word, airport. <laughs> excuse me just lost my ability to speak and we would get these weird low-flying um they're not ultralights I forget what it's called when it's it's basically a one-man airboat flying over you you know it's a parachute and it's an engine and it's a guy like hanging off a bicycle seat I can't think of what it's called right now but they would fly over the farm while I was riding I'm like for real dude like it sounds like an airboat is flying over your head <laughs> And they're like, I don't know, 100 feet up. So he got really good with low flying aviation, which is great because every now and then we do get a crop duster will go by because actually that's a thing in like Williston, which is the town south of us and where it hits is they have a lot of crop dusters out there because they have peanut farms and the peanuts are really like um, intensive. They need to be. I don't know what they're doing, but they, they need a lot of crop dusting. And those planes fly low. And then we get USDA planes flying looking for, I don't know, off a pot, I guess. <laughs> Remember they when we were recording last year and I was like, there's an airplane flying next to my house, like 10 feet off the ground. <laughs> that was a USDA plane looking for something illegal. Um and then every now and then we get black helicopters. And I don't know where the black helicopters are going or what they're for. Very disturbing. Thank you for being a little weird with us, Horse Girl. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your player of choice. Follow us on Instagram 
at Adulting with Horses podcast, or even better, join our Adulting with Horses clubhouse on Facebook, where you can become part of the show. Also, it's a great place to meet other horse crazy women. 